Het jau hau jolat. Jau ho netat demel. Vek han sol han. The mage intoned in an echoing voice, but it had no effect on the messenger. He continued to choke for a moment, then collapsed. The room was completely silent as the king knelt beside the body of his brother-in-law and friend. He whispered, Always my protector, weren't you, Darrell? Right until the end. The king looked up from the floor toward the two guardsmen, and his expression hardened. He snarled as he commanded, Find out who that messenger really was, and where he came from. Then he looked back at the body of his best friend, and his expression and voice softened. And send a Lieutenant Zelfordl to me. I should be the one to tell him about... The king's voice died as he focused all of his attention back to the body of his closest friend. Chapter 1 The archive in the old fortress that served the town of Cavinston as town hall, academy, and training ground echoed with an unusual sound. The wail of an unhappy baby. Children were not usually found in the archive or its attendant teaching rooms until they were five years of age, but this one was special. Little Carlin Kel Aniston was the son of apprentice scribe Staving Kel Aniston and his wife, journeyman scribe Sherindus. Carlin's parents were unusual in many ways. His father was a man who had never grown much beyond the size of a ten-year-old boy. He had shown extreme bravery in his fifteenth year when he climbed the wall of the Kelcavin Caldera alone to enter a cave reputed to hold a dragon's hoard of gold. The gold was protected by the fear, a psychic projection that chased everyone away in terror as soon as they saw the gold. Only Stavin, of the hundreds of boys who had entered the cave, hadn't run. He'd been determined to prove his bravery, or die trying. He'd come close to dying, but the fear cut off and he discovered the true nature of the great pile of gold everyone had seen. It wasn't a dragon's hoard. It was the dragon itself. The dragon had been impressed by Stavin's courage. Not only had he not run away from the fear, he didn't run away when the dragon swung its great head around to stare him in the eyes. As a reward for and proof of his bravery, the dragon had made Stavin armor of its own golden scales, and a weapon called a dragon's tongue as well. The dragon's tongue resembled a quarterstaff with a large spear point on each end. Made of dragon scale, it was unbreakable and sharper than any steel blade could ever hope to be. Sherindis was unusual in that she was a scribe who could barely see. Her sight had been dimmed by a blow to the head when she'd fallen from a horse and Master Scribe Kelzorgan had taken her on as his assistant. Sharindis could see well enough to copy scrolls in bright sunlight with the aid of a magnifying crystal that her godmother's husband had provided. She was also two years older than her husband, who was her best friend's little brother. Together the young couple worked through the winter in the archive under the direction of Master Scribe Arlen Kelzorgan, Sharindis's uncle. But Stavin had other duties as well. Every man of the community was required to spend five summers in the lowlands, 
working as caravan guards to provide the gold to buy supplies and necessities that the community could not provide for themselves. Stavin had already spent two springs and summers on the expeditions, and had surpassed every boy in the two-hundred-year history of Cavinston. On his first visit to the lowlands, Stavin had been named a friend of Evandia, the kingdom that bordered his native Ferindia to the south, by King Kalin and Princess Marina Zel Andral. That status made him very valuable to a trader, because he and all who travelled with him were exempt from taxes and tolls throughout the kingdom. It had also made him a great target for kidnappers and scoundrels of every kind. In the course of defending himself and his employer's caravan, Stavin had racked up a kill count that was unheard of. Thirty men had fallen to Stavin's dragon-made weapon during that first season, making him the first person in the history of Cavinston to earn an officer's star on his first expedition.